Welcome to a very, 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 very special edition of Slasher Radio. Corner Pocket. Yes. Here we go. Hola, senor. We do not have an owl this week. This week he's uh he's taking a rest over there in the nest. Yes. This he's, week he's resting in the nest. He's roosting. We, it's okay. It's okay. We will hold down the fort without our boy. And uh, as always, Mike and Mike. And oh, this week we got something for you guys. Oh, we got a treat. Oh, we got something on deck. We got something <laughs> on deck. Before we get to that, we're gonna make you wait. We're gonna make you sweat it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Make Oops. them hold out. Yes, we're not putting out yet. <laughs> oh, hold on, Adam, hold on. What are we doing? Hold on. Oh no, it's been um almost a month. It's been almost a month. What a beautiful month it has been. On a pocket, you fuck. God That's damn. right. God That's damn. right. We're, We're back. The uh-huh. sound effects. <laughs> Go get yourself. The a sound margarita. effects are back. Go get yourself a margarita. Uh-huh. Both of you. Anyway, my, anyway. My all doza. All the time. My sound effects are back. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got carried away. Okay. All right. We're done now for a while. We're going to put those away because today. We have an interview, a discussion. Oh, Sorry. what do you got to say about that? What do you got to say about the meat of this episode here? Oh, there's a lot of meat in this one. There's a, there's a plethora of meat in this one. But before we get to the meat, we got to hit the potatoes. We got to hit the potatoes. We have been so active on social media and we have been talking to so many people. It has just made our holidays great and... Just our our day to day lives when we're not doing this, it has made it so great. Agreed, agreed. On on the tweeter, on your on tweeter, the, on the tweeter, my tweeter. Oh. <laughs> well, from my tweeter, I have a shout out for Danielle Vanessa. Thank you for supporting Slasher Radio. Uh, totally unboxed, uh, and, I, and they're at totally unboxed too. That's their their handle as well. They man, they everything we put up, they're liking it, they're retweeting it. Good, good looks, man. You guys are you guys are pretty awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, we also got Philip Rogers, Rogers uh, at Philip. Oh, I'm sorry, Philip Rogers now. at Rogers Philip 101. Uh, dismay, uh, dismay at dismay mm-hmm. zero zero. You remember dismay, right? Yes. Uh, I lost. Uh, you don't. I'm man enough to say. I man enough <laughs> to say. I lost the Twitter poll. Uh, but... But I won the war, I believe. No, not at all. I won the war. In that no. argument, I took the three of you down. I mean, in the argument's sake, you, you you made your point, but you did not win the numbers of the poll. Leatherface, I did not win the poll. Leatherface beat out Leprechaun. It did. Squished him, stomped him, threw him in space. He's gone. He, he, he triumphed in space. Thank you very uh, much. Ugh. Thank you very much. So you, Dismay, and uh, and Shannon Nicole, all you that jumped on me, man, I came out fighting. I was swinging. Uh. 
And I think I won the war anyway. Anyway, um, there's another shout out that I know you don't want to you don't want to bring up, but uh, we have Cabin in the Woods fans out there oh, God. for this podcast. I will told you I was going to remember. Oh God, uh, uh, get it over with. Get it over Hold with. Hold on. Hold on. Oh my God. Get a corner pocket. Don't worry. Because my sound oh. effects are back, <laughs> so go ahead, take your time. Oh take my God. Time. Keep going. Come on! Cabin in the woods subject. Okay. You got at, it? At Beautiful Mess 4, Shannon Nicole brought up that Cabin in the Woods was a good movie. Flawed, but good. Just all I'm asking for. Good for you. You happy now? Yes. You happy? You happy? You got your sound effects. We oh, got another I'm... cabin in the woods effect, and this is before the meat of the episode. This is just the intro, and we're, we're st- knocking it out. We're still on the potatoes. The hair of the potatoes. Don't talk about the hair on the potatoes. If you're gonna talk about the potatoes, never mind. All right. Um, all right. Last two, Amy Resend. I, I think the name is Resendez. I'm pretty sure that's the name. That's a tough one. And our girl Kim McIntyre, since I I botched that name last time. There we go. Sorry about that. I was uh, I wasn't in the right state of mind for that one. One of our day ones. One of Married our day ones. ones about has something to say about just about every one of our episodes. All good things, thankfully. But we really do appreciate the feedback. We do. We do. Yeah, she's the bomb. That thanks for looking out, Kim. We, we appreciate it, and that's. I'm not even going to try this. I'm going to botch something on her again, so I'm not even going to try that Twitter handle. Um, HorrorMoviesAndStuff.com Yes. As always. You got to check them out. Keep in touch with them. Anything you want, they got. Old horror, new horror, current horror. They got it. They got your leprechaun information. All that stuff. Um, HorrorGalore.com We got to shout them out. And very special friends man these guys these guys help us out a lot and it's uh 12 nights of horror at 12 nights of horror oh, I love on twitter man they are the bomb you, you gotta go check them out they're a big ball of information too with anything horror so thanks to them they help us out a lot we just have so many fans and we just we never you know we you know never what that wait, wait go do you mean that they're our friends Yes, of course. Would you say that they're our best friends? Is that what you mean? Okay. Okay. All right. And the final boys as well at the final boys. They're a pretty good podcast out there, and they've been tweeting at us, retweeting our stuff, telling us what movies they're watching. We tell them what movies we're watching. We got a good community we're building out there on Twitter, and I really love it. I do. I do too. You guys are bomb diggity. <laughs> you know, okay. we're still we're still get one more thing. One more thing before okay. the meet. We promise we're gonna dangle it up in front of you guys. The meat is Whoa. good. But but wait, you know You're what? you're not rolling over that. Did you just say dangle? <laughs> Dude, can't just say dangle and try and on. cruise on by it. Have fun editing these sound effects because they are very loud. 
Well, they need to be because they've been <laughs> gone for a while. All right, okay. But we're still getting people talking about Better Watch Out. You know? Yeah, great movie. I, our, our movie picks, you know. And that is your movie pick. I'm not taking that from you at all. Mm-hmm. They are they're getting there. They're Thank getting you. At, they're Thank, you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Oh, you're getting them, buddy. You're <laughs> getting them. Oh, my God. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say for this introduction of uh, Slasher Radio. I guess the, uh, the sound effects are back. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are we ready? We, we, I think we're done uh, massaging the potatoes. <laughs> marinating. We're, we're done marinating in potatoes. Are we ready for the for the, for the the meat? I'm. Oh, yeah. You're okay. definitely ready for this meat. The meat for our potatoes. Ladies and gentlemen, we promised you a guest last week, and we have him. He was nice enough to take time out of his very busy schedule to come and sit with chat with us, to chat with all you guys. Um, he's worked on uh, Command and Conquer, Tom Clancy's, Rainbow Six, to name a few. But most importantly, right now, he is the executive producer, the director of a People's Choice Award winner, along with uh, Best Indie Game at Golden Joysticks Awards. This game has pretty much pillaged the online gaming community since its release in May of last year, which is weird to be saying that already, 2017. And we're talking about Friday the 13th video game. We're talking about Randy Greenback. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Just uh, having fun and uh, hanging out. Just get, getting off the holiday vacation. Oh, yeah. Getting back to work. <laughs> back to work already on the 2nd of January. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the grind never ends. That's right. You got to keep going. Fun doesn't happen by itself. Oh, That's no. Right. We need guys like <laughs> you to make it happen. Got to make it happen for the rest of us to play and enjoy, and you guys enjoying it too, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, we're having tons of fun. It's it's a really a dream come true to be able to work on a Friday the 13th game, an actual Friday the 13th game. Because I mean, a lot of people still don't know we didn't start out making uh, a licensed game for Friday the 13th. We started out as uh, Slasher Volume One Summer Camp. Oh yeah, I heard a little bit about that. I, I'm honestly, like, I haven't followed the game since its initial inception. I wish. I definitely would have, you know, put a lot of work into that, like, back in that Kickstarter and everything. I found out of the game, like, way, way later once it was, like, out and playable. So I kind of jumped the boat on the beginning of everything. But, you know, how does it feel to make a Jason, a real Jason game? I mean, it took, it took obviously, a long time. I mean, the last uh, Friday 13th game of note was uh, back on the NES. I mean, Oh, yeah. You know, back in the late 80s, and uh, so it's been quite some time since uh, Friday the 13th has graced the world of video games, and, you know, that was one of the things that we wanted to do, even when we were working on the homage to Friday the 13th that was Summer Camp, um, back way back when, in, in uh, early 2014, uh, you know, when we started it, we really knew we just wanted to do... Uh, an asymmetrical horror game, and and we we were talking about Evolve and and oh uh, other, other people like and that was before like Evolve really came out and did its thing, but uh, we were talking about the promise of asymmetrical multiplayer, and I've always been intrigued with it. You know, I've been working on multiplayer games for years and years and years from Ghost Recon, uh, even did a weird Ratchet and Clank MOBA. <laughs> wow! Oh, um, oh man! When I was insomniac, like I love I love multiplayer games like uh, Ghost Recon and Rainbow Six and America's Army. I worked on that. Uh, 
goes uh, Command and Conquer. So I've I've always worked on like traditional, you know, team versus team or mono a mono, uh, yeah. like multiplayer games, and it's like I've always yearned to do something different and. The good thing is, so did the rest of the team, Wes Keltner and Ronnie Hobbs at Gun, and uh, we kind of all collabed and talked about uh, about making potentially a horror game and approaching asymmetrical multiplayer through the lens of horror, and it just worked out, and we all we settled on like our favorite slasher, you know, Jason, and uh, and that was who we were paying tribute to with Summer Camp and. You know, when we got it started, it was all about, you know, what's the game going to be? How are we going to make us stand out? And we knew we had to work with people. So we, you know, Wes and, and crew, uh, we contacted uh, uh, Tom Savini and Kane Hodder, and they jumped oh, on. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Kane got Harry Manfredini to, to get on. And then next thing you know, you know, we're, we're, we're rolling ahead. We released our trailer. We're getting picked up by IGN. Everybody's going gaga the fact that we have Kane Hodder in this slasher video game that's coming. <laughs> Myself and, included. Uh, <laughs> and that's when the hype train really started. And next thing you know, out of the blue, uh, we get contacted by Sean Cunningham himself. Oh, my God. So they reached out to you. Wow. Yeah. That must have been a dream come true. I'm sitting well, here just thinking about it. Like this is like like this kind of thing happening in the world of video games. It just doesn't happen. It, right? it really it's, doesn't. Oh my god! It's like a Cinderella story. It's like a dream come true. It's like this can't be reality. We're living our best life here. <laughs> yeah, you hear so many stories about how people like their fan games get shut down. People making things on the internet and it just gets you know oh this is too close to the likeness. This is gone. But for you to actually get contacted yourself to to make what you really wanted to make, that's unbelievable. Well, funny you bring that up because that's kind of the worry we had when we were contacted. Yeah. <laughs> because we, we were like, oh, no, because that's what you assume is going to happen. Yeah, right? of course. Uh oh, we danced too close to the flames. This is going <laughs> to, we're in trouble. Yeah. Like something that, you know. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, 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 they reached out and, and Sean was like, you know, this is the game we always wanted for the Friday the 13th franchise, but we're never able to make it. You guys, actually you guys are making it and doing it right. And uh, and next thing you know, we're we're getting ready to do a Kickstarter, and we signed the contract and got the license, and and then came out on Kickstarter on October thirteenth, twenty fifteen, as Friday the thirteenth. The game, 13th, yeah. And how? I, I mean, as as much of a marriage as that seemed to be, where you guys were going out for for this, trying to stay away from it, and they invited you in. That in itself must have been crazy, but the Kickstarter turnout. I mean, did you did you see it getting that that, that much that much help? Um, we we knew it. We would definitely have some people show up. I mean, there are so many fans of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, out if you there. put Friday the Thirteenth on something, you they're gonna turn out. You know, for good or for bad, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna show up. But we didn't know. We didn't know <laughs> if. if we didn't know if they would come back for a game, right? Because yeah. the, the movies are a lot older, and the people who grew up with Friday the 13th may or may have may not have lapsed out of games. We didn't know for sure. Yeah. Um, we ourselves didn't, so that's what we were kind of holding to, tight to, you know, that, uh, that they're out there. They just need to be awoken, and uh, they just need to know that this is coming, and that was our challenge is getting the word out. Um, luckily – with Kane Hodder helping us and everybody else that in tow, like it, it spread quick and everybody got excited. And luckily there are tons of horror fans out in the media oh, and the gaming oh media. God, yeah. 
you don't even know. They don't talk about because they're too busy. You know, they're talking about their games, reviewing them, writing up previews and stuff like that. You don't know that they actually have a huge love for horror films and especially from the 80s. So all of a sudden, <laughs> all of these press contacts are contacting us and reaching out to us about the game. And and our job is that much easier. I mean, that's a developer's hardest task is doing is is doing the promotion side of things, the self promotion and marketing stuff. Like that's always the hardest thing when you have a game. Oh, yeah. that you you got to get the word out and you got to get people knowing because there's games coming out every week and you got to stand <laughs> out. And next thing you know, we just blew up and yeah, we we crested our goal and went past our funding goal on Kickstarter. We continued crowdfunding on Backer Kit for another year or so. And uh, that went great, and just kept going and going. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned horror fans, and one thing I always would say is horror fans always show up. You know, <laughs> they do. So, you know, horror video games are it's such a split area with single player horror. You know, psychological. The gaming like horror games is such a crazy and ever changing type of thing that with asymmetrical games, I feel like it's a really good fit. Oh yeah, it's and, a perfect fit because oh yeah. It's supposed to be unbalanced from the start. The killer is – the slasher is is already uber-powerful, and that's what we had to had to do, and that's what makes the game work. Yeah, I feel like with team versus team games, you kind of hit on that a little bit. It's like there's the, the up is going to be the player advantage of, oh, you're better at the game than I am, so you're going to do better. But if you're handing a player already, like all these buffs and all of these things to you, you are going to be the most powerful. Go against these people that are almost like nothing – like, you mentioned Prey, and you mentioned a bunch of different types of, like, asymmetrical games, but this one really felt to me like this is something that I could play. You know, this one appealed to me way more than all the other ones did. Yeah, that was that was the goal going into it, it was to uh, kind of create something that anybody can pick up and play. Um, but the biggest challenge we knew going into this, like, we, we were we were all pretty, I don't want to say cocky, but confident <laughs> that that we could make playing as Jason a lot of fun and that people would really want to have that, right, that experience to actually be a Jason in a video game. Like, yet you haven't got that in so long, right? No so, way. So we, we, we focused primarily initially, like, our biggest worry was how are we going to make playing counselors fun? How are the, how's the camper <laughs> side of the, of the experience in that equation going to be, you know? And uh, we just kept tweaking and, and, and tuning, and we figured out, you know, hey, you know, we want this to be co-oppetitive. And I think, I think, uh, you know, we hit it on, on it early on with Adam Sessler saying it's 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 one v one v one v one v one v one on and on for eight players, right? Like yeah. everybody's kind of out for themselves, you know. The yeah, killers you, you want to live. Yeah, and you want to live more than you want the next guy to live, right? Or the next gal. Yeah. So. It's all about who runs that little bit faster, who gets juked out, uh, and Jason grabs, uh, you know, you or them. <laughs> you know, it is a little bit like counterproductive as well as playing as the counselor. Like when you know you're got, and you know you're you're excited. You know it switches up. Like you want to live throughout the game, but if you're with people, if you're enjoying yourself, you know you want to see that kill. You want to get, you know, by Jason. You want to see what that's going to happen and how it's going to play out. At least for me, I might be a little twisted. No, I agree. And also, interesting that you put it that way, because when you really sit and think about it, you would imagine a Friday the 13th game, because of the ones we've gotten in the past, where it's one of those games where you pick it up, you play it for a day or two, and then you're done with it. Because, you know, Jason's uh, usually a slower type in the movies, a slower type character. You would imagine more of a, 
uh, maybe like a Freddy Krueger being a video game, but you guys were able to make him so, so uh, calculated. And, and, and it's really amazing how you guys brought that, that character. Like you, you become Jason in that, in that moment when you're playing him. And it's amazing how much it, ca- it just captures you. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was kind of our approach going into it was how are we going to map? Basically, no mechanic should exist that doesn't exist in the film somehow, some way, right? And how are we going to map those to the gameplay and, and you know, all the different uh, things that Jason can do? His, it, turn them into abilities and stage, you know, stagger them out so that players don't have them all at once. And, and it took a lot of balance, you know, and a lot of uh, work and rework and subsequent rework again. But we got there, and with, uh, you know, with the prototyping phase with the guys at Elphonic and a lot of uh, playtesting, a lot of playtesting. Like every few days we'd be jumping in and playing the new changes and the new balance tweaks. And uh, we ended up getting there, and it felt really good to be Jason, but it also felt really good to survive against Jason. And, and that's where you get the real uh, film franchise uh, experience uh, playing as the counselors and and once we nailed that we knew we had something really special oh yeah just just to be able to say like i survived it it's wild oh yeah you survived jason Voorhees (laughs) (laughs) at camp blood on top of it (laughs) but you had mentioned uh working with kane hodder who by the way is just like most people's my favorite jason actor Uh, how was it working with him I mean, he is a, he is a great dude, um, all around awesome guy. He knows his stuff. Like he not you know not only he knows the character better than anybody. Let's just put that out oh, there. Oh yeah. Quick. Like he he made he's the definitive Jason. Like the fan favorite. You know, like by miles and miles. Like a lot of people have their own you know favorite Jasons, but collectively as a whole, like if you throw everybody together, it's predominantly Kane Hodder, right? Yep. And uh, and. When he gets out there and he suits up, he becomes Jason. Like he put the mask on, and and it was such an honor to be there when he got back into character, and to see the transformation. Like he's just joking around. All of a sudden, he we, he actually brought a part seven mask to the set. Put <laughs> oh, that God. on, put that on at the mocap set, and and he just you didn't want to go near him. He started I running st- and I freaking st- out. He got really scary really quick, and because he, he got into it, he because because everybody looks at him and says and says, "Hey, you know, he's he's a great stuntman, but he's he's actually a really great actor too." I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of his uh, more recent movies, but he's really mm-hmm. he's really come into that side of things, right? Oh yeah, where where he was known for being a great stuntman, now he's now he's a, a great actor. But he brought a performance, a performance that people remember, and all these cool mannerisms that make Jason Jason. He brought those to life. And that's acting with without the ability to talk. I mean, that is something truly amazing. So oh, working man. with him was was a joy, a treat, and uh, and he nailed it, man. I've always argued that fact with people where it, some people would say, you know, everyone brings up Robert England because you know there's a face to match to it, there's a, a voice to match to it. But you know, I always I always admired Kane Hodder to be able to to bring a personality to something where not only can you not speak, but there's no expressions or or anything else to it at all, so you have to bring mannerisms and body language, which translates into the game so well because you got the guy. Yeah, the man himself. Yeah, it, there's just nothing missing when it comes to Jason whatsoever in the video game. 
Yeah, the key, he, he nailed all the kills. Like uh, Tom Savini gave us the list of kills that he had designed and thought up for the game. And, and he oh, even man. went back into the franchise and, and actually said, okay, what if this kill actually wasn't, uh, wasn't ramped down by the MPAA? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, what if we actually <laughs> done what we wanted to do with it? This is what it would be. And Kane got that list and he was just like giddy, like a, like a school, a kid <laughs> at school, you know, getting ready uh, for summer break. Like, like, <laughs> like this is going to be amazing. Let's do this. That's a dream. That has to be a dream. <laughs> crazy. I did see the interview you guys did with Come Media, and I, hearing you talk about him getting all excited about that, when he mentioned, you know, kind of roughing people up a little bit and getting into that character that is Jason. And um, that was just a little side note. But my, my point of your Gun Media interview, did you guys ever or how close are you to achieving the, the stat tracking? The stat tracking, um, I mean, we're still working on tons of things. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on with the game. Like, I don't know if you if you guys had a chance to play the most recent update that we dropped right before Christmas, mm-hmm. but uh, we added we added uh, the level uh, level cap increase to 150. Yeah, definitely. We added awesome. a new kill pack. We added uh, we added Shelly Shelly returns yes. mm-hmm. part three. Yes, she is. Um, we we just we just keep adding every you know every month or so and tons of new content and that's not stopping anytime soon we're still we still got lots of plans and we have a roadmap that kind of shows what love, we're working on oh yeah that roadmap is probably saved on my phone at least three different times <laughs> yeah and we try to update it and keep it fresh so when we release something new and put some new stuff out then we we say you we move the you are here uh, dot <laughs> <laughs> that no and I'm nice. definitely grateful. For that, and I mean, with a lot of things going on right now with, like, the DLC, like, talk in the video game community and the all of that, like, I really want to give it to you guys for giving out so much content. Like, was there ever a point where you where you guys thought of, you know, okay, everything is going to be paid versus everything is going to be free? I think you guys did a really fine line between what's paid content and what's free downloadable content. But um, is there anything you'd want to say about that? Like, what did you? Why didn't you just say, "All right, everything post-launch is going to be paid"? I mean, there were a lot of factors to that. Like, like going into it, we we weren't making a game that. It, oh yeah, I forgot to mention we 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 just recently added two components of single player to the game as well in that last patch, and we're still working on single player challenges. Yeah. Uh, the missions side of things. I know right? the bots. The bots have been so helpful just just to get everything just to get everything out there. Yeah. Yeah, to get every everybody trained up as you know, playing good Jasons, you know, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, like, like as far as price goes, like the game came out and our intent intent was to sell it for $30. Next thing you know, we had this giant outcry for single player and we knew we, you know, and this was, this was even, you know, this was during Kickstarter, but even post Kickstarter. And at some point we just said, you know what, everybody wants single player. We have to bite the bullet. We have to do something. How can (laughs) we do this? And we were like, well, there has to be some give and take. So we raised the price of of the future price of the game. To forty dollars at that point, right? And yeah. we thought, you know, we thought, yeah, we're definitely going to work our ass off to make sure this is definitely worth the forty dollars experience once all is said and done. Um, so that was already there. We were already already gunning to do more for everybody. But even during the Kickstarter, like our stretch goal list was yeah. full of stuff that we wanted to do. And there's some things that we're like, you know what? We have that on our stretch goal list. We may or may not hit it, but let's do it anyways. Let's see what we can get done. And there are some things from that list that we didn't quite hit as far as our funding goals were, but we did regardless, like Tommy Jarvis, right? Yeah. Um, like oh, my this, God, yeah. 
it, it, imagine the game without without Tommy. I without, mean, Tommy yeah. adds <laughs> adds so much to it. But but yeah, he wasn't in the budget, but the team kind of got together and scrambled and made things work and got it out there. But that's our, been our goal from the start. Is like, like do we got this license? Let's not fuck it up. <laughs> oh let's, yeah, let's make the biggest and best Friday the Thirteenth game possible. I mean, obviously everybody on the team was down with that goal, and it just <laughs> happened. Um, but yeah, so as far as the breakdown between what's paid and what's free is our kind of approach is like anything that's gameplay, anything that's gameplay related whatsoever, we want to be out there and free as much as possible because we don't want to segment our user base, our player base. Like we don't want people going, oh, I didn't pay for this upgrade to, you know, Jason X or whatever, and now I can't play with my friends because everybody else bought it, you know? Um there are there's another horror game out there that kind of went the opposite direction. They charge for every little yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, I know what and, you're talking and, about. And you and then once your friends get two or three DLCs ahead of you, you're kind of screwed. You're not playing with anybody anymore. And the game's moved on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we didn't want that. Like that wasn't in our DNA. That wasn't in. That's not how we wanted it to be. It's not to say that DLC doesn't have its rightful place in the industry. That's obviously not what we're saying. We just didn't want it to. We just didn't want to compromise our game or the experience or the promise we made to players up front. Yeah, definitely. And as a little aside, isn't it weird that now we're in such a gaming space where you can say, okay, single player second. <laughs> <laughs> it's all flipped, right? Oh, yeah. I love it. It's I mean, so... look at PUBG. Like, oh, it's my God. Look at PUBG. Off. Look at Splatoon even. I mean, Splatoon 2 has a single player, but no, most of it is multiplayer. It's just Oops. so different. I love it. I love that there's something for everybody out there. Yeah, and and, and that's how it should be, right? Um, there's still single-player games. I don't want to see them go away. No, um, not at I, all. I really, I really love multiplayer games. I love working on them and designing them. But there is a space for single-player. Um, it's just a pendulum that swings back and forth, right? And, and you know, sometimes it swings further. You know, yeah. it'll correct. Uh, it'll change. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's why we have a little bit of everything in the game. Um, like we did the virtual cabin 2.0 where we took our weird museum slash in-game dev blog, uh, (laughs) of a, of a, of of the virtual cabin 1.0, the original, uh, that only released to backers and was only available on steam on PC. And we kind of went back and redid it, uh, working with the odd gentleman, working with Alphonic and, uh, and now, and it, it basically became its own little, you know, mini single player experience, and uh, rightfully so. It, we, we we even use it to reveal a new Jason coming. I think definitely, um, it's more of the fact that you know I was raised on single player games, and with the multiplayer aspect of it, is if I'm good enough at it to keep playing it, and in, in the Jason aspect of it is I don't care how good I am, I'm gonna keep playing this game because it's Jason Voorhees and it's Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> There's certain only a few games out there that I can say I'm bad at it, but I still want to play, and this game is definitely one of them. <laughs> so you're bad at it. I'm bad at a lot of multiplayer games. I'm very bad at it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love I mean, it. <laughs> as long as you're having fun, and that's yeah. kind of one of the things. Like, like we knew the counselor experience is going to be like that just from the outset. Like, if you even when you're dying, it's still cool, right? Oh, like that yeah. was. Our approach, and and you know, and and even if you get killed by Jason, how am I going to get killed? 
uh, how did he corner me? How did he uh, catch up to me? Did he? Did I run around a corner and he grabbed me by the throat and bashed my head in against the wall? That was awesome, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what he does next. <laughs> yeah, let's. I want now. I get to watch him kill all my friends. Especially <laughs> <laughs> when you're with people like sitting on the couch and they're saying, "Oh, you know, get caught, get caught. I want to see what that looks like." You know, you're just gonna have fun no matter what. That was that. I mean, that's the goal. In a lot of it wasn't a hundred percent planned, but most of it we knew was going to be fun because of these things right um but uh but yeah i mean the movies are all about the kills like when you when you watch a movie it's all about you know what's going to happen to the next poor sod <laughs> <laughs> and and that's that translates to the game and and that's why we've been we went back to the studio to the mocap studio and got more kills on, on in the can you know and yeah. and cuz cuz they're such a big part of the game and the more dynamic they are the more variety uh the more fun can continue for even longer and longer it's like made a it helps us make a long tail out of the game right definitely oh yeah you mentioned about the kills and the the camp counselors coming into the game from the movies is there any other like feel or aspect of the movies that you're really happy and really excited that you got into the game um just the authenticity you know to the films you know down to the visual uh the visual like grain uh you know and the and the screen effects to kind of help sell it and bring you into that that more cinematic look and feel um the environments and the levels are all modeled after as much as possible after the real locations in the movies oh yeah like that was something that Ronnie Hobbs really took on and took to heart and worked uh, a, a lot of hours with uh the folks that Phonic, the artist there, to kind of identify all the key props that we're going to be seeing, you know, throughout the camps, throughout the the, the hero houses, you know, yeah. whether it was Packenack Lodge or Higgins Haven, like you know, all those have to be right, or the Jarvis House, right? Like all those, like all the props had to be like uh, they had to scrub through all the films and, and see them from every angle and collect all the reference. They had to go out and uh, do research on the web and try to, you know, we even at some point uh, were contacting uh, cast members and crew from the actual sets to see if they had any behind-the-scenes production shots that had, had never leaked to the web or whatever. Oh, man. Wow. So, so like – Everything is like the authenticity side of things and the detail that was put into the game by everybody on the team and that was really driven home and was really a core to what we were doing from the start, from the inception. We wanted to truly pay tribute to the films, and uh, that's something that I think the whole team's most proud of is 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 that i mean the gameplay the feel of it all of that is awesome and ended up working and mapping to the films pretty well but uh but the the environments the set pieces those are just like when like this this kind of sums it up like like when larry zerner who played shelly you know in part three tells you dude that's right right there right there that's where i died in the film this looks exactly the same <laughs> like when when he's like when he's able to like get into it and say that is the place where <laughs> I died. I remember being on the set and looking up at that. You guys got that right. Like, wow. like, uh, like w when they remember it, and it triggers all these other memories from when they were filming the the movie and they're talking to you about it. Like that makes you feel really good. Well, it definitely has that feel from when you're watching the movie. You re definitely remember certain things. So I can only imagine the actual actors who were physically there. <laughs> if it can trigger that, then then well, home run. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at first, definitely, there's an aspect of, okay, where do I go? Where do I go? But, you know, I don't know if it's, it's not, it's definitely not a bad thing, but when you start to feel comfortable 
in these movie locations. <laughs> That's saying something. Oh man, yeah, and you and a lot of people. Some people played the game and had never seen the movies, right? We get people yeah. coming to us that are like, uh, "I never really watched a Friday Thirteenth film before. My friends told me about it. I've been watching YouTube or Twitch and seeing everybody having so much fun. I wanted to try it." And they they might not even be horror fans, but then they're telling us how not only did they get into the game and then have tons of fun, and some of them even started streaming because of the game, or and they brought their friends in. Next thing you know, they're telling us stories about how they went and they binge watched all of the films, and they <laughs> or they went on eBay and bought the Blu-ray set, and they could because you couldn't find it. Like no, on yeah. Amazon, it's sold out. It's super expensive. It's like no, I, ha- I had after playing the game, I had to buy it. I had to go see what what I'm playing, and then they when they tell you. Man, Man, you guys got a lot of this right. Like when I went back and watched a movie after loving the game and playing it for hundreds of hours, and I see these places, and <laughs> they are where I was. It, it made the movies even more special for them. So they had a different watching experience than oh, the yeah. people back in the '80s in the film in, in the theater, and and having some knowledge from the game come back and kind of inform what they're watching on the screen on TV or uh, you know you know on their projection television whatever they're watching it on <laughs> but uh or their or their mobile device but uh but uh but yeah just to have that whole new generation you know kind of attached to the films and i think i think i think Sean Cunningham and Tom and and Kane and Harry and and, and love the music just like you know Harry is always a big proponent of you know the audio and and being a huge factor and silence sometimes being a huge factor of the movies, uh, we translated all the movies and uh, all the music and the score and the comps to gameplay as well. So when you hear Jason's music, it means something. There's a, it's, it's mechanically doing something in the game to inform you of something, but it's also doing what it did in the films, uh, which is increasing tension and getting ready to scare you when it drops out and then comes back. You know, like all these things kind of just came together, and because we were working with the legends that made the movies great. Exactly. And you know this is one of the, the you, you had mentioned Twitch. I never go on Twitch or or watch YouTube videos. I know Corner Pocket I does a Twitch. lot. I never do it. I have to tell you, it is almost as fun as playing the game as watching other people play the game because <laughs> it's just you're. It's almost like kind of sort of like watching a a, a horror a movie, movie in a way because yeah. there's always different ways they're getting killed and they're hearing people's reactions to. Jason coming from out of nowhere, just slaughtering them. Like, I have never been able to sit and enjoy watching someone play a video game like this game. That's awesome. It, I mean, I mean, just to see... When we started seeing it take off on Twitch, like, we were just watching it and, you know, climbing the charts. Like, after we... we you know, even back when we put the beta out uh, in Christmas uh, 2015, or 2016, um, it, it, it just blew up. Like everybody was playing it, and and to be able to sit there and watch them, and then to start seeing people role play the characters. Oh yeah, <laughs> and seeing that kind of oh my god as, as a thing, and then it just yeah it got more and more and more entertaining just to sit back and watch other people play because everybody does everything differently than you would, and it's interest it's super interesting seeing the strategies, but also hearing and seeing and watching people kind of fuck with each other, right? Yeah. And screw with each other and, and, and all the ways they do it and try to be try to be a little bit twisted about it. And like I remember uh hearing people like play tiptoe through the tulips, you know, by Tiny Tim as Jason. Yeah. So, and, and it's like <laughs> it's like, what the hell is going on? Why am I hearing this song? And it's creepy. 
it's a creepy song to hear while you're playing the game and it it was really effective but uh <laughs> but like like people are playing music and soundboards and stuff and adding to the game themselves and telling stories within you know using the game as a tool it's it's just amazing how you put something out there these days and the community kind of runs away with it and makes something even cooler man that's that's the you know I really, really, really hope you don't take this as an insult because I think this is... Oh, no. No, no, no. Because I think this is huge high praise. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, like what Pokemon Go did. You know what I'm saying? Where it's something older that, you know, this whole new generation isn't really familiar with. Okay, but I it's so. done so well and so authentic to what it used to be that it just captured that magic again. Just people who are not even familiar with it, like you said, and they love it. Not even knowing anything of the backstory of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we we couldn't have predicted the success of it, um, how things have gone on Twitch or whatever. We, there's no way we could have known this was all coming. But just to see it unfold and, you know, we're making, you know, one of our dream games, It's it's just been an amazing journey, amazing ride. Yeah. I mean, I never really thought about it, that we're in the age where, you know, to a certain extent, video games are more accessible than, like, older movies. So that, like, as a horror fan and as somebody raised in that way, it's so weird to say, like, oh, well, you've never seen Friday the 13th. Well, now it's like, well, I've played the game, and now it's to go back to, like, to go back and watch the movies is something that I never really thought of, and it's really interesting to think about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bring, bringing, like, your friends into the game and then and then sitting down and watching the movies with them is 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 a fun thing to do um it's something that uh i got i got the experience to do with some of my friends so like uh it's something we're we're happy to hear things like hey uh sales of the movies are up after the game came out you know it's like oh, oh yeah <laughs> <Whoa. I'd> imagine <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> i'd imagine and then they look back at you and say thank you to you and you're saying thank you to them <laughs> yeah it's just uh Everybody, you know, everybody's really respectful of everybody else's work, and, and we, you know, we were respectful of the films, and Extremely. they respect what we did in the game. And who knows, you know, you never know what'll happen down the road when the next film is made or or whatever. Oh my god! <laughs> we do have some questions from Twitter, but we want to okay. get a couple of our questions in first because we're greedy like that. <laughs> what is Just your comfort serve? There you go. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite Jason to play as? Oh man, I mean, I mean, for a while it hopped around, but uh, I think over time it's I've settled on Jason from Part Three, and 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 I, oh, and, yeah. and that that means even delving into the retro Jason, right, and using that skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so yeah, I like I like Part Three. I like the fact that he can run. It's the old, it's the older uh, Jason where he did have a little bit of a jog, and uh, and I appreciate being able to move fast. In any game, <laughs> and especially as you know, a lumbering killer. Yeah, especially uh, in a game like this. I, even if it's just a mite bit faster, I, I like that a lot, and 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 I love his weapon. And uh, I, I don't know, I just kind of fixated on him. He's actually the first one we had in the game, so I don't. But I, I've been playing them all. I mean, he's the he's not the first one we had in the game. We had seven, but he's the first one where we were like, okay, he's right. He feels great. Mm-hmm. Like he's the first one that came together. And uh, and I played him for a long time um, because he was the best playing one at the start of development. But uh, you know, over time, I came back to him. I, I you know I started playing part eight, part six uh, after after they came online, and part two. But yeah, part three for me is 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 my guy. Would you look at me any differently 
if I told you that I probably would enjoy playing the Jason X character the most. <laughs> no, oh I'm my not, god. I it's not my favorite film or my favorite Jason, not my but favorite either. he has he has merit and uh and I don't know, we're, I'm sure we're going to do some cool things with him. Oh, oh shit. Uh, oh, uh, here we go. Okay, okay, we'll draw the line there. We'll draw the line there. <laughs> All right. I um I had a question. Did you think that the Tom Savini skin would have the impact that it does to this day? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we knew it was going to, you know, just that before we even know what what it was going to be, <laughs> we knew the the fact that, you know, having Tom you know, design a new Jason was a oh, huge God. honor, a huge thing to be able to include in our game. We already knew it was going to be amazing and fans were going to love it, whatever it was going to be. But like when the design kind of came about and, and started to gel, we were like, Oh wow. <laughs> like, like this is awesome. And then even since the Kickstarter, we knew our whole, our whole goal with the exclusive skins, whether it was the clothing pack for the counselors or the Jason, this Jason, this Feeny Jason, um, yeah. was to make them super rare, super exclusive, backer only. If you were there from the start, if you backed us on Kickstarter or backer kit, you, you had the ability to add on and purchase that skin then. But it's the only DLC. It's one of the rarest DLCs out on 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 the on the different consoles, right? Like, what company says, "Hey, you have this thing that everybody wants and they want to snap up, and everybody would pay nine ninety nine for it or six ninety nine for it? Why wouldn't you sell it?" And we're like, "No, this is <laughs> only for the backers. It's going to remain for the backers. That's who gets it. That's that's that we're drawing the line." And what companies do that? Very very few. No. Uh, we oh, don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. So we knew going in that our approach with him was already very different and was going to excite people. But I mean, to the levels of people buying it on eBay, you know, for five hundred dollars. Oh my stuff god! Like that, yeah, like we, we did not predict that. Smart people bought multiple. I, I was just about to say, yeah, <laughs> you guys don't feel too good about that being sold for nine hundred dollars. I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, like personally, me. If somebody knew and believed in us that much to buy four or five of those so they can resell them or give them to friends or whatever yeah. they bought them for, I appreciate the fact that they believed in us that much and they believed in what we were doing and they knew the they believed that that promise of that Sabini Jason being something amazing was there, and so I, I I'm not mad about it. Uh, it's kind of a cool. Th- like factoid to drop and tell other developer friends like, dude, our our some of our DLC. <laughs> <laughs> it's selling for you know yeah. more, than, more than the console they're playing it on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure Microsoft is looking at it like what the <laughs> like where did the EA is looking there like whoa yeah. oh what kind of football helmet can we make that'll sell that much? <laughs> but you can't you can't approach it that way exactly. as a, you know you can't, you can't oh of course business and expect oh, it to sell that. That for that much, and that's where the you know the EAs of the world will always go a little bit awry. <laughs> it brings me it brings me back to like Halo Three days, and you see somebody across the map with like the sword or the arm, like the recon armor, and you're like, how did they get that? And now you look at Friday the Thirteenth or something and say they bought that for how much? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like you see your your buddy, you know, all of a sudden he didn't have Savini, now he has Savini. You know. He <laughs> And uh, I think my last uh, selfish question is the kills. That, that's what drives this one home. That's what makes it brings that level of fun to a whole other level. You know, it has the head crush, the, the the crotch chop. I can go on for days to sleeping bags. 
Are there any that didn't make the cut? I mean, well, at what stage? Because, I mean, like, Savini delivered more kills than could ever have been done in with any budget, right? Yeah, like, and wow. kills are still so being had, still kills are being added in still, like, yeah, it's like it's like even at that stage, at the conceptual stage where all the kills were just like text on a page with little crude drawings or something to kind of illustrate what was going on. Like at that, even at that stage, there were way too many. Like there were so many, and uh, so so we had to pare them down and and say, okay, well, let's get to a, a reasonable list. But of course, we're all about the kills, right? So we all we at we we in, we would be like, but well, but we need this one. I added in, but we really need these three. Okay, add those into. So it always kept getting bigger and bigger and exceeding what we actually had budgeted. But everybody wanted to work on them and get them done, so they did, right? Um, we got as many of them done as we could, and then we went back and did more. So, like, there are some that didn't make it not because of any kind of ratings things, just technologically – we didn't have the systems in place to be able to handle them. They included weird uh, ways of being dismembered or cut in half and, <laughs> and stuff like that, like just things that we could not technically do with the animation system and stuff um, and, and the way the characters were rigged. But we do have like a gore system with gore caps and the heads can pop off, the limbs can pop off and all this stuff like that. So so a lot of them did. A lot of the gr- more gruesome ones are still there. It's just uh, some of the, the, the more weird, surreal, and bizarre ones had to get axed, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. We do, we do have some, like I said, some questions from Twitter. We have uh, Lost 8675, that's our, uh, our buddy Amanda. Will we ever be able to play with our friends while we play with bots? Um, I mean, there's, there's, we've talked about the idea of, you know, and, and again, I'm not saying we're doing this or anything. I'm just saying we've discussed it and it, you know, things you discuss sometimes could come, uh, come to be, but, uh, we've discussed doing things like, uh, you know, players that quit out or lag out or whatever become bots in a, in a multiplayer match. So in essence, if we did do something like that, then you'd be playing with bots. But as far as like, hey, let's go offline with bots, and I'm just going to invite one friend in, and then we're going to fill the rest of the room with bots. No, we, we we haven't really, we're not really aiming to do that. Okay. It's it's we really always envisioned it as a way to practice. Okay. That's still that's still valid too. You know, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, we have uh, Man Cave Hawkeye, and you already answered part of this question. Uh, he said, the best part of the game in your opinion, and then this second part you might be able to help him with, uh, if you could add anything you wanted to the game to make it even more fun, what would it be? Oh, man. Um, I mean, we had some really cool ideas uh, at the Kickstarter for our stretch goals. Like, we had uh, a way to play as uh, Mark. Like, we had a, a wheelchair survivor mm-hmm. yeah. um, as a stretch goal. Uh, that would have been fun. That would have been really challenging. Imagine, I mean, the, the, the cabins aren't, you know, handicap accessible, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no ramps and stuff. So, like, there's a lot of places you couldn't go. So it would it would change the way you approached it, and you'd be you'd be on the run the whole time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, as that as that counselor, it'd be like the old you. We called it, I think. Uh, on the, I, I can't remember. Don't quote me, but I think it was called the Ultimate Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was one that we thought 
and I still think that would be a lot of fun. Um, I, it's it's crazy to think that that could ever. I mean, all the kills would have to be redone, you know, to be able to pick a character up from a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and you know, like the way the the place where you reach is different. There, you're picking them up from a sit, you know, from a sitting position in a chair while they're in motion. Their arms their arms move. The locomotion of the wheelchair is very different than a counselor running. Like, there's so many things, you know. How how would they climb into windows and cabins and stuff like that? Like, there's all these things and questions that that would have made that really difficult. So I, it's not like I'm saying it's going to happen, but it would have been fun, I think. Um, what else? Oh, one that was near and dear to me was uh, we had a stretch goal for a retro remake, and we were going to take on and say this is the, you know, a lot of people weren't really happy with the 8-bit NES version of the game. They, you know, yeah. there's, there's so, Some people love it. But the the vast majority of people, it's used as a as a game that just like a licensed game example of a terrible game that doesn't pay homage to the license, doesn't care about the license and the properties it's based on, and just does whatever the hell it wants, right? Mm-hmm. And and ends up being not fun, and there's uh, it's insanely difficult, and they make weird choices, design decisions for no reason. Like one of the stretch goals was to be able to make a retro remake of that and do it the way we thought it should have been back then and have that included somewhere in the game in the virtual cabin or somewhere where you can walk up to a TV and play, play it in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That would have been a lot of fun to work on and design, like to, to be able to go back and I grew up with, you know, the NES and to be able to go back and approach development of a game and design of a game from the standpoint of, we want to make it feel like it came from that era. Yeah would have been yeah, an amazing it. challenge and it's like kind of like a designer's wet dream if you grew up playing NES like to make a game for the console that you grew up and found your love of playing games and making games on um to go back and make a game like it or or for that console specifically is really one of my dreams come true so that one would have been very special to me okay i i could uh-huh. definitely I, that would definitely be something i would throw down on because i grew up on the same consoles as you and that would be pretty awesome but uh, I couldn't envision it. I'm sure you would have a better route to much better route to that than I would. It, like <laughs> you said, it would be idea. hard. It would be hard to do. It would be hard to do, but it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Well, the last Twitter question we have for you is from Campblood, E-L-0-0-D. Since launch and new patches, is there any way for fans to support and donate money for even more further co- future content? Um, there's no direct way. We kind of turned Backer Kid off uh, well before we released the game publicly, so there's no way to go back and, and, and contribute more to development. But I mean, if you buy the game, play the game, stream the game, talk about the game, tell your friends to buy the game, buy the buy buy it as gifts for friends, like all of that kind of helps, Same you know, thing. in an indirect way, it kind of helps yeah, push that was my answer to the question. It gives us a long tail. So it's like it's like it's not going to one for one, you know, hit a, match our stretch goals or anything like that. But I mean it gives us uh, you know, more money in the coffers, more um more ability to say, "Hey, everybody's still playing the game. Let's keep working on it." You know, cuz there is going to be a time when, you know, not everybody plays the game and we stop supporting it because well, we 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 have to. It's not to say that it's going to go offline, you can't play it. It's just at some point, maybe we'll even hit the point where it's like we've done everything that you could do for the game. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, hopefully it comes to that. But, you know, we're going to keep working on it and making it bigger and better for as long as we can. Yeah, that's definitely the, the best way to do it is word of mouth and spreading the product. Oh, yeah. 
and, and, and go buy the movies and watch the movies because because uh, keep that love alive. If you if you love the films, if you just love the game, go back and watch them. Like I, you know, all of your listeners, like I highly encourage you. If you haven't seen the films, go watch them. They're fun. Uh, they're very enjoyable. They're some some of them are really campy. Some of them aren't that great, but uh, like part nine. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big fan the of the some people the love it. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's all fun. They're all fun to watch, and they all deserve to be seen. Of so if you haven't seen them, pick them up, check them out. All right. So I do have a question. Now we're done with the Twitter questions. I'm slipping in another <laughs> question. I don't know. I, I feel like I already know what the answer to this is. I don't know if this is more of like a hopeful thing. Would you ever do like an original Jason for this game, or are you only looking at movie Jason? Like to do another one, you think another original Jason? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Like, would you? Is that like more like I mean, your I mean, own Jason? I mean, there's so many ideas and so many directions you could take with it, and there's so many cool people that we could, you know, that that would be awesome to say, hey, what if person X designed a Jason? You know, yeah. Like there's there's a lot of those names you could throw about and bat about and talk about. Um, I, I I can't say anything past that, but I mean, like, mm. it would be really cool, obviously. It would definitely to be, to be really cool. Contribute and weave more things into the tapestry of the franchise. Oh yeah, definitely from like a um a making your own type of thing, point of view of saying like, well, yeah, we did all these Jasons based on this, this, and this, but I wouldn't help my I I would definitely want to put my own spin on things, and I know you would definitely want to be the same. That's just a really exciting thing to think about. Oh yeah, and I mean, I mean, we we got the chance to do so much. I mean, just oh, the yeah, Gar- of course. Jarvis tapes, the you know, the Pamela tapes. The Pamela tapes are great. Like all those, all those fill in some of the gaps that nobody's ever talked about in any of the films, in any of the comics, or anything like that. Like the backstory, the things that nobody's touched on yet. We got to go in and work with uh, like Tom McLaughlin and stuff, and and others to fill in the blanks and kind of uh, you know bring more insight into you know how things came to be and how Jason came to be. That's great. That's awesome. So now you know at the end of our interviews and things like that we want to start talking about like you know we talk about horror movies mostly week to week you know we've been horror fans for most of our lives i know you you have an immense love for friday the 13th as you can tell outside of friday the 13th do you still watch horror like what's your favorite horror outside of jason oh man i remember watching do you guys remember demons yes like it came out in the 80s um (laughs) like uh like that movie really threw me for the loop. I remember seeing that, and it was the scariest thing I had ever seen. Mm-hmm. I think it came out in like '85. Yeah, and uh, and actually seeing it just really freaked me the hell out. And that movie to this day, like I like I, I could watch it. It's, it do, it holds up in a lot of ways. Some ways it doesn't. Yeah, but it's still scary. And uh, so like that was as a that was a movie that really made me afraid to go to bed at night <laughs> made me uh uh made me almost crap myself a few times um as a kid not as an adult <laughs> let me just be clear wink wink definitely <laughs> but like like that was something that i remember uh like really enjoying the feeling of being scared with like like demons by dario argento mm-hmm. um and so, uh, what other what other ones? Do, of course, I enjoy watching uh, Nightmare on Elm Street films, um, Halloween, 
Uh, like oh, yeah. I love all those movies. Uh, Hellraiser, um, Killer Clowns is another uh, favorite of mine. Like it's so campy and so out there that uh, like I would love to make a game. I've said it before in other interviews. <laughs> killer Clowns. I'd love to make a Killer Clowns game. What do I think it has the fan base to to like be as big as Friday the Thirteenth? Well, no. But no. it would be fun to explore the different powers and different weapons that the clowns use and, and the asymmetry between the townspeople versus, versus you know, clowns. clowns and how the clowns get around the world and, and how, how you try to stop them and take down their weird uh, circus tent spacecraft. And, I, and would, I would people. definitely back that. Can't, the the can't, cotton candy cocoons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like that game, it, it would just be a trip to play. Oh, man. Uh, I see it in my head, and I know how it would play. And it would be fun, but but does it make sense to make that? I don't know. But uh, nowadays, definitely oh, more than ever. <laughs> true. Well, probably. I mean, like like look at Fortnite and a lot of the wacky stuff in, oh. in, in that game, or even the battle royale version of Fortnite. Like, I love it. Yeah, there's just you know people are more open to weird, right? It's kind of a thing now. <laughs> and then that movie's weird. <laughs> yeah, the campiness in horror definitely needs a boost. You know, horror has been getting serious, and the seriousness of horror has been getting boosted up with like It and Get Out and all these things in like the mainstream. But I don't know. We need to bring the campiness back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I feel like the game adds the camp. I mean, even with our un- some of our unintended bugs. It has that like appeal, that little zest that uh, that you get with the campy side of things. Um, but yeah, I mean bit. that's that's a good point. Like like uh, a game like Killer Clowns or something of that ilk, or Leprechaun uh-huh. <laughs> or something. Oh no! <laughs> don't oh, no. get me started on Leprechaun. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> and they're great grand films or anything, or or they would make amazing games. But they 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 would have that camp that you're talking about. Just woven in everything. Uh, even Evil Dead. Even Evil Dead is yeah. a game. Imagine Ash just with the one-liners throughout it. Oh my gosh! A Duke Nukem meets hard. That would definitely be like a Duke Nukem type of game. <laughs> oh yeah, there's 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 a there there is a lot of fruit. Uh, the horror genre, the horror films, like, like game developers, if they just look at it and approach it and think about it, there's a lot of uh, interesting and new, wholly new experiences that wow. could have. If people just start tackling and reaching out and and and, and branching out to different films, different uh, approaches to game development and, and making licensed games, even. Oh, I would love for there to be a big race on horror games, just like there is with the battle royale games right now. Just <laughs> well, if there was, there will be, right? Hopefully, that's that's something you think about and something you pray for. <laughs> that also leads us down the road to your least favorite horror movie. Oh man, um, Human Centipede maybe, <laughs> just because it's kind of like body mod horror yeah. and it's just gross. It's just really gross, you know. It, oh, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's horrific. It's horrific for two hours, <laughs> but it's gross. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd have to agree. That's um, that's near the top of my list too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm glad eye to eye and and oh, I don't even. Want, I was gonna say ask the mouth. <laughs> that, that's and, not, and not and not ask the mouth. Yeah. No, 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 not ask the mouth. I mean, I don't know what corner pocket yeah. does on the weekends, but in, in oh, the oh, in the context oh, of human centipede is what I'm saying. Mm. Yes, horror fans definitely have like their strongest opinions for their favorite movie, and then they have their strongest opinions on their least favorite movie. <laughs> well, what about you guys? I was just going to ask you that. Have you ever heard of a movie named Rubber? 
Oh. I have seen rubber. Yes, I have seen rubber. The tire. The tire. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, I've seen that, it. That, I, I watched it. it all the way through. Why? Oh. <laughs> How did you watch it all the way? What were you on? I need it. I, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> I I just had to see what happened, and, and and I had to keep going. Like the psychic abilities that this tire had. Like why? What? And then uh, ultimately, it never really paid off. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't well, imagine it didn't. I I. I did make it to the end, and I did go, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> I really like the beginning of Rubber, just for, like, the what it is this? That's a cool build-up, yeah. Oh, yeah, and then it just trashes it. <laughs> oh, man, I, it took me multiple times to get to the end of that movie, and then by the time that I did, I was just really just, like, disappointed. But it's it's things like that that I... I that inspire like these grand thoughts of like how did the pitch meeting for this go, how did the writing phase go, and 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 how did they get funded to do yeah, this? Like what? This? What was that like? Like, like those are, are I'm sure amazing stories to hear. How do you pitch this movie? Hey, yeah, we have this tire. It's alive. It has it's sentient. <laughs> has all these abilities. It's it, it kills. And it's like what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> it, 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 but somehow. They somebody said, you know what? I got a few million. I'd dump on that. <laughs> oh my god! They actually had a budget of. I just looked it up. Five hundred thousand dollars. Who put five hundred thousand dollars? That's good though. That's that's basically somebody standing right off screen and pushing the tire and then them filming it. <laughs> five hundred thousand is not a lot. That's actually impressive. That's about four hundred ninety thousand dollars too much. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I mean, I feel like we should definitely get. Like, I know it's not horror, but like they just made the Disaster Artist. That movie is making tons of money on oh, the cool. making the making of the room. Uh-huh. I would pay even more to see a movie on the making of Rubber. Now that we that, think about that, that would actually be a very interesting movie. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a story to be told there, or several. And you know what, though? You know what, though? Like, do you guys remember a film called The Gate? I do. It's from the eighties. Yeah, I would like to see that remade, or like, uh, like a room style thing about The Gate being made in the eighties. Now that they've made a movie about the making of a movie, they should definitely do that more. (laughs) Even if it's like a book or something. Like, I want to know how these travesties got on the air, in theaters, for people to see. Whoa, I'm not saying The Gate's a travesty. I like No, it. no, but like Rubber, <laughs> Rubber and... The rubber, yes, you could yeah, say that's rubber, a travesty. The Room, definitely, but more often than not, the interesting stories are how things went wrong. The Gate is definitely not one of those, but you know, like the trend. The guy who got fired for, that kept dropping the tire. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you're rolling it with a wobble. It can't roll like that. Come rubber on. would never roll like that. Straighten it out. <laughs> anyway, not enough on that damn movie. <laughs> <laughs> Got more talk than than, uh, than it has in the last like in the last ten minutes than it has in the last five years. Oh yeah, Google Google Trends for Rubber is about to go up, and somebody's gonna get excited. Are they talking about the movie? Oh no, <laughs> not not in the way we want. <laughs> <laughs> so, and like you mentioned throughout the whole interview about you know, horror and video games being placed in weird places. What do you think about the Predator being in um, the Tom Clancy's Wildlands game? I mean, I think that's cool. I mean, I love I, – I used to work on – at Ubisoft, at Red yeah. Storm, on Ghost Recon. And I always felt like – I mean, this is me personally, not speaking for the company. I do not work there anymore. I always felt that the Clancy games are a little bit dry. And I love the fact that, that uh, like, Wildlands says, you know what? The Predator is in the jungle somewhere. Go find him. Go take him on. That's awesome. 
Like, yeah. Like, that's cool. I I would love to see rap the the ghosts fight raptors. You know, like like I oh, think okay. it's fun to say what if, right? In games, even ones that take themselves seriously, and I think it's cool. Like the trend that uh, you know, Call of Duty with zombies did. You know, yeah. It's like it's like we have this very serious, well, mostly serious uh, game <laughs> about war, right? Um, at least it tries to take itself seriously through the storyline. Um. And they say, okay, well, on the side, we have this really cool game that is not serious at all, and it's it's fantastical and crazy, and we just do whatever the hell is fun, and, it, and we let it ride. Um, I, I like the fact that that's happening with Ghost Recon right now. It really, really, really makes me happy. It's it's really good, especially, like, the marriage of, like, as you said, like, serious, and then not only different, but just, like, such complete, just completely different, you know? It makes you want to run and explore and try to find the predator and track him down. It's like, it's like, it it just reinvigorates the game in, in a whole new way and, and kind of makes you go, whoa, what else could be out there? <laughs> and as far as I know, I know this is like new news and I'm not too up on it. You can't play as the predator, isn't it? It's an it's a AI, right? Yeah, it's, I think it's a boss that you play against. Yeah, that's the best way that they could have done it too, especially yeah, I mean, with predator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's cool. I hope more games start doing that um, and taking and, and I hope more creators start saying, you know what, I want to have more fun with my game even post-launch. What kind of weird thing can I do, or what thing that I grew up loving can I somehow find a way to cram into this experience and make it work? Like, I hope people start to do that, and and I hope I get to do more of that in the future too. Definitely. So our last question. I know we've kept you here for quite a long time. You've said it enough. You've talked about future content throughout the whole episode, throughout the whole interview. What can you tease for this this whole year? <laughs> if anything. If I mean, anything. I think I think uh, some of the big things we teased, we teased in Virtual Cabin 2.0. I don't want to outright say it. Yeah. Uh, in case somebody hasn't played it yet, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, you know you get to the end of that and and you see some the way we kind of revealed it and and uh, how we teased it and and see that it's coming and yeah, then it, you just have to ask yourself how are we going to do that and and that that's really cool that we're not telling everybody exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I like that there's wonder out there. I think the rest of the team loves the fact that people are going to be guessing and wondering how we're going to do it, and I think that's the magic, right? That's the magic of creating something is is not laying it all out like games to me that are overly realistic and and like are like basically modeled after the real world too much sap fun out of things like real life real world stuff is inherently not as much fun as the fantastical so you know the more we can do and 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 by defining too much and having things too detailed you know it doesn't leave enough room for you know the player's imagination so you know we i like the fact that there's still some mystery around what we're doing and what we're going to be releasing so i agree and that's what we love as gamers too you know it it, as much as it aggravates gamers because you know this this day of age (laughs) you want to know everything (laughs) and, and, and it's so accessible with everything now you can just google something and it's out there and you can look it up but you lose that mystique, like you said, when, you know, it's like that surprise and you're you're excited, you can't wait to see it, and you wait to download it, and, you know, all that good stuff that comes with it. Yeah, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like it's like if, if you really – you want it, you want to know because it's cool to be in the know mm-hmm. and then know what's coming. But uh, it's also ruins the, the moment, the surprise when you do get it. So it's mm-hmm. like – 
it's like you don't want it always to be that way. Sometimes we talk about exactly what we're doing. Sometimes we hold back and, and let some of it just unfold, and that's what we're doing with this one. You need that Christmas morning every now and then. You do. <laughs> you do. It, it, makes, it makes life worth living. 100%. I, I remember going to, like, the book fairs and getting those book of cheat codes that were, like, 600 pages, and they were really thin, like, almost Bible paper where it was so big, and you flipped through it to find the cheat codes for the game. So... Now that video games are taking a step back and hiding things, I think, you know, as a fan first, it's it's great. It's great to see. Oh, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Well, Randy, we cannot thank you enough for coming on here with us. We I genuinely had a blast. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, I had a fun, too. This is just, just like chatting with friends, you know, oh. just hanging out. Let's just spitball. <laughs> exactly, talking about really bad horror movies <laughs> and really good ones, <laughs> and really good video games and, and great video games. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you want to plug? We know about the video game. Tell us whatever you need to tell us. Uh, basically, if you want to follow uh, progress on the game and, and get the best and latest news, go to f13game.com. That's uh, that's that's where we have all the information that you could ever want on what we're working on, what's been done, what's out, and what's coming. Um, then also, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at, at RandyGBK, R-A-N-D-Y-G-B-K. All right. Great. Well, thanks again, Randy. All right. So, guys, um, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed that. You know, just sitting around having a discussion like that, it's, it's really, just really good. <laughs> it is. So, as always, you know, you can follow us on basically anything. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Slasher Radio. On Facebook, I believe it's Slasher Radio Podcast. As always, you can find us on Gmail. If you need to email us, any questions, concerns, at SlasherRadio at gmail.com. And go ahead. Oh, you want, oh, you want me? Yeah. Okay. Mikey Bones on Twitter. Bones with four Z's. Foe. You got to put in the four Z's because... Mikey Bones was taken, and Mikey Bones with two Z's was taken. And Mikey, Mikey Bones with three was, was... You seen where I was going with that, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, four Z's. Is five Z's taken? I might take that one. Don't you dare. We will get I on might, the Twitter I, war. I might take Mikey Bones with five Z's. I gotta go make another Or maybe Mikey that. with two Y's and Bones with one Z. Maybe I'll do that. There's wow. opportunities out there, guys. So you're, you're encouraging people to make parody accounts of mine... To mess oh, with yeah. my unstable mental health. That that's what yes. you're telling people to do right now. It would make my it would make my day. People stay off my tweeter if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna try and do some stuff like that. No right. tomfoolery. You can follow my personal rantings at Mike Mirando. Um, it'll be in the description, and you can follow the owl mm. at Bobby Spitzer. Spitzer with two R's. I'm assuming that'll Spitzer also, with one R was taken. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, Same issue. That'll also be in the description. You know, on our personal accounts that aren't really personal, we talk about practically anything. I talk about whatever movies I've seen. I just saw The Shape of Water. It was awesome. Um, I think Owl posts a lot of cat pictures. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Stop the, stop the tape. What? <laughs> The owl is pimping his cat for Slasher Radio. <laughs> I see what you're doing, Mink. I, I know you listen to this. I see what you're doing. You're pimping <laughs> that cat out, and it's not nice. 
People are going, oh, look at the cute little cat picture. Oh, a podcast about people who are slaughtering teenagers in, in camps and stuff. I see. I applaud it. I applaud it, though, because I saw, oh, is that, oh, Al has a cat? Oh, wow. Like, it got me. It got me, and I'm on this show every week. Wait a minute. So you're encouraging this? Yeah, it's awesome. It's effective, man. It got me. You're, you're, wait, you're encouraging him extorting a cat? A poor innocent kitten? Now everybody gets to know what his cat looks like. It's, a it's really adorable. Cat. It's oh, beautiful, yeah. beautiful cat. Listen, but listen, you can't pimp a cat. Listen, I saw that on Twitter. It said, oh, he tagged me in the cat picture. Oh, I, oh, that's so cute. Oh, wait, he's promoting us? Oh, that's so good. He's that's pimping so cool. a cat. For you. At the, end of the day, at the end of the day, that's for you. Still, it's not right. <laughs> something's, something's wrong. I mean... I I was gonna say something about. <laughs> never mind. Anyway, oh, so. You, <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Let's no, stop no, it no, no, that's done. That's done. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, stop what you're doing. Anyway, so yeah, that that's where you can contact us. So we'll be back next week, as always. Definitely done with the holiday rush and the holiday this, and Ugh. you know we're gonna be sitting back and we're gonna really be digging down into some horror movies. Stay tuned on Twitter for the announcements of the future episodes and what movies we're going to be watching to get the jump on. But, you know, stay way, tuned. Yeah. Thank, thank everybody for dealing with our sketchy audio the last few weeks. I know it hasn't been perfect. You know, we, like, like the Corner Pocket just said, you know, the holidays, we had to record in different spots and, and get things done for you guys. So excuse the, the less than perfect audio from the last week or two or three <laughs> two or three oh geez well it's, it's we're still putting that that work in, i man. definitely for now i definitely really applaud with mostly ourselves like give ourselves a pat on the back give you a pat on the back for you know we didn't take a break for this holiday rush you know we really stuck it out you know i'm sure we could have taken a couple of weeks off and really kept our content you know high grade but we made that decision to just keep on trucking and that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Keep on pushing through there, boy. Keep on pushing on through. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. All right. So, this week, for the books, thank you to everyone who made this possible. You know, thank you for all to all the listeners that keep listening to us for whatever reason. <laughs> Any last words or sound effects? Um. Yes. The last word is... Like you said, we love you guys, man. Keep listening. I mean, the the turnaround we've been getting on our episodes and the response we've been getting, it, it, it's it's. I, I can't describe the feeling, man. It, it really is cool. You guys are, are really supporting us. We're supporting you. We're giving you as much as we can with this. And and thanks, man. And uh, as for our last sound effect, I think I'm gonna have to go with this one. I think that was the right choice (laughs) so until next week guys join us again we'll be here same time as always enjoy your week